There was a Sunday school teacher who was teaching their, their kids about how everything was being made. So the Sunday school teacher taught the children about creation, about how the world was created, about how Adam and Eve were created and everything. So one day, little Johnny, he was laying down at home. His mother went up to him and said, are you okay? He said, well, mom, says, my Sunday school teacher taught us about how Eve was made from Adam. She said, I have a pain in my side and I think I'm about to have a wife. <laughs> if you ever wondered where that phrase, the pain in your side came from, I think we know now. <laughs> If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me this morning to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 14? The Gospel of Matthew chapter 14, and we'll be starting from verse 22. And as usual, if you are able to, would you stand with me as we honor the reading of God's word? Matthew chapter 14, beginning at verse 22. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the power of your word. We thank you for the authority that is contained in the word of God. And indeed, Lord, we pray this morning that you would speak and that you would move and that you would have your way. Lord, we thank you that the word is alive, it's active, it's living, it's sharper than any double-edged sword. And so, God, may you speak to your people this morning, and may you continue to have your way in our lives and help us to be obedient as we respond. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you. Feel free to be seated. So we see that this story follows just after Jesus had completed the feeding of the 5,000. And it was just after he fed the 5,000 that it says that the disciples got into the boat. But if you look at the scripture carefully, in verse 22, it says immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. 
You see, in this passage of scripture here, the word made, and in this context, the Greek word, is used here to mean to compel. To compel because of a crisis that is taking place. And so what is suggested here is that the people were were having, there was a big uproar because in the Gospel of John, it tells us that the people had intended to make Jesus king by force. And so because there was so much going on, Jesus compelled, he made his disciples get into the boat to go on to the other side. Just because there was so much going on here. And so they went on to the other side and Jesus went off to pray on his own. In verse 24, it says, the boat was already a considerable distance from land. It was buffeted by waves because the wind was against it. If you've ever been to Israel and more specifically the Sea of Galilee, you will know that the Sea of Galilee is not very, very big. It's not that big. In, in fact, you could probably get across to the other side in maybe a couple hours or less. So the fact that these disciples had gone on, they were a considerable distance from shore, but because they had not gotten to the other side, because of the wind and the waves and all that was happening, and they actually were in that boat for quite a long time. And imagine being in a boat far away from any sort of shoreline and just all around you seeing the winds just raging and the, the waves and, and, and just being terrified because they're alone. It probably was dark by now and Jesus was not with them. And so they had no control of the situation. But in verse 25, it says, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. So the disciples, after the feeding of the 5,000, got into the boat. They went on, but it was shortly before dawn, or some of your versions may say during the fourth watch of the night. During the fourth watch of the night, which commentators suggest would be between 3 to 6 a.m., So imagine getting in at evening time in that boat to get to the other side of the Sea of Galilee and it taking 3 to 6 a.m. before Jesus appears to help you get to the other side. So they had been in that boat for hours, terrified, afraid, frightened because of their circumstance, because of what was happening. But Jesus saw that they were in need, and it says that he went out to them. He saw that they were in need, but he went out not by taking another boat, not by asking someone to take him, but he went out by walking on the water. Do you understand how significant that is? That Jesus went out to them by walking on water. You see, there is nothing that can separate us from Jesus. Not even water, not distance, not time. Nothing is able to separate us. And not even the water and the situation was able to separate Jesus from his disciples. But it says that he went out to them walking on the lake You see, when it comes to God, there are no limits. When it comes to God, he's not confined by the same things that we're confined by. 
And that's why he constantly reminds us to trust him. Because he's God and we are not. Because he is all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's almighty. And we are not. And he reminds us, trust me. Trust me even when you don't understand. You know, there is no place that we can go to get away from him. In fact, we live in the presence of God. Everything that we do is in the presence of God. Sometimes we talk about inviting God's presence here, which is fine, but we already live and we dwell in his presence. And the beautiful thing is, is that there's no place that we can go that will take us away from him. In Psalm 139, verse 7 to 10, it says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. There is no way that we can go to escape the presence of God. He is always there and he is always with us. And sometimes people assume that they're just too far from God, that because of their sin, because of their lifestyle, because of their past, because of how they're currently living, that God would want nothing to do with them, that they're just too far away to reach out to God. But the good news is that we are never too far. We are never too far. We may feel far. But God is within distance. He is within reach. And he is never too far for us. And there is nothing that will ever separate us from him. The Bible says, for I am convinced, the Apostle Paul says, that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is nothing that will separate you from God. There is nothing that is able to come between the love that God has for you and for me. There is nothing that we can do for God to stop loving us. There's nothing that we can do to make God love us more. God's love is so amazing that in this lifetime, because our minds are so small, we will never be able to fully comprehend the way that God loves us. He loves us beyond all measure. He loves us beyond all understanding. And he reminds us that there is nothing that can separate us. You think about the person that you love the most in this world and know that God is able to love more in a moment than we are ever able to in a lifetime. He loves us so much that we will never understand the love that he has. There is nothing that can separate us from that love. In verse 26, it goes on to say that the disciples saw him walking on the lake. They were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. We may wonder why the disciples didn't recognize Jesus. Why were they so afraid? Why were they so filled with fear that they couldn't see that it was Jesus who was coming towards them? You see, many times fear causes us to lose sight of God and his presence in our lives. 
We can become so focused on our situation. We can become so focused on our immediate problem. We can become so focused on what's going on around us that we miss the bigger picture that we miss seeing that God is already starting to work in our lives. We miss seeing that God is already working out the things that we are so scared about. They were so scared that the boat was rocking, that the storm was overtaking them, that they had been there for hours and they were scared. But instead of them trusting and looking to the Lord, they were focused on their situation. They were focused on what was happening. You see, our focus should continue to be on the Lord. They didn't recognize him, but there are many times where we take our eyes off Jesus, and that is when we become scared. He says to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. He is there with us. He is there in the midst of the trials. He is there in the midst of all that we go through. He is there even when we don't recognize his presence in our lives. He is there even when we wonder, God, where are you? He is there. Jesus reminds us that he is there. And even when we think that he is not there, he is right by our side. There are many things and many things I know many of you have gone through and are currently going through. And it's easy for us to wonder in those moments, God, where are you? God, how come you've left me? God, how come you're not helping me? God, where are you? Because I need you. Rest assured that he is there. That he is there even when we don't recognize his presence. He is there. He is there walking with us. He is there carrying us through when we need him. He reminds us constantly of his presence. Psalm 23 verse 4 says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me when you're struggling with a health challenge, when you're struggling and when you're in pain because the loss of a loved one and you wonder, God, where are you? He is there. He is right there with you. Joshua 1.9 says, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Wherever you go, when you lose your job, when you're struggling financially, when you don't know how things are going to work out, do not be afraid. Why? Because he is there wherever you go. He is with you. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2 says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. When you're going through so much in your life that you feel like you can't take any more, when you feel like everything is just closing in, that it's too much for you to bear, that you can't handle one more thing happening, and you wonder, God, where are you? He says, I am there. I am there with you. And when you go through the fire, when you go through the water, when you go through all of those things, yes, we will have to go through those things. But he says that they will not take over you, that the, the, the fire will not burn you, that the waves will not overtake you because I am there with you.
Whenever you go through something, remember that he is there. He is there with you even when you don't recognize that he is there. And you know the beautiful thing that I think sometimes we don't remember is that God's presence is always with us, yes. But as believers, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us. He is with us. He is part of us. He is always there. God's presence is with us. Verse 28 says, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. Once Peter knew for sure that it was Jesus that he was talking to, he says something very important. He says, Lord, if it's really you, then call me. Call me out. Call me out on the water and tell me to come to you. Jesus says, come. He says, come. It's an important lesson for us to learn, to wait for God to call us, to wait for God to tell you it's time. Wait for God to call you out and to tell you it is time. You know, many of us are bad at waiting. Are you bad at waiting? I know I am. I get very impatient at times, and especially when I know things shouldn't take that long. And so many of us become very impatient, especially in this society where everything is instant, where there's express this, there's convenient that, there's fast this. There's so much to, so that we don't have to wait. And so when it comes to waiting, we're not very practiced in that sense. But there are many times where God reminds us that his watch is not set on the same time as ours, where his time is not our time, where our time is not his time, where his ways are different than our ways, where he wants us to wait for his time. Peter says, if it's you, tell me to come. And he says, come, it's time, come. You know, there are, are many times where we may go through something or an opportunity may come up or something happens and, and we just jump into it. We take, you know, we just take it upon ourselves to go and to do it when really we should be committing it to the Lord and asking him, is this your will? Is this your time? Is this what you want for my life? And he will assure us whether it is or not. We need to learn to wait to wait for God to tell us when it's time. God has wonderful things in store for each one of you. He has wonderful things in store for all of us, but there are certain times for those things. In Ecclesiastes, it says there is a time for everything. There is a time for everything. And so will you commit yourself to waiting on God's time? Will you wait for whatever it is that God has for you? Will you wait on God for the right person that you are to marry? Will you wait on God for his timing for, to lead you and guide you to the right job opportunity? Will you wait on God for the right direction? Or will you wait on God for the prayer that you've been answering instead of taking it upon yourself to do what you want to do? Will you commit to waiting on God's time? 
Because you see, when we wait on God's time, he has better things in store for us than we could ever give ourselves. When we wait on God's time, we can know that we are getting the very best that he has for us. God calls us out of the boat, but we need to wait for him to call us. We need to wait. The other thing that we can learn is that when he calls us, he will equip us and he will prepare us to walk on that water. Peter says, if it is you, tell me to come and walk on the water. When Jesus called him, Jesus knew for certain that Peter was not able to walk on the water on his own. That it went beyond all human limitations and everything. He was not able to do it in his own strength. But Jesus called him and Jesus prepared him and helped him to walk on the water. You see, when God calls us and tells us, this is what I'm leading you to, this is what I'm preparing you for, this is what you are to do, we can look at it and be fearful and say, I can't do that. There's no possible way. But know that he prepares us and he will help us to do that which he calls us to do. When he calls us out of the boat, he will help us to walk on the water. Whatever it is, he will help us too. In verse 30, it says, But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. It's amazing that Peter got to experience what no other human being could, walking on water. Imagine how Peter must have felt, hearing the voice of the Lord, going out on the water, walking around, and then all of a sudden looking around and realizing, I can't do this. This is not possible. It's just not possible for me to walk on water. And because of that, it says that because of the fear, he began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. He looked around at what was happening and began to realize, I can't do this. It's just not possible for me to be doing this. And that is when he began to sink. You see, when we take our focus off of Jesus, that's when things go wrong. Keep your focus on Jesus. Keep your focus on the Lord. Continue to look upon him, to look to him, to trust him, to forget about your circumstance, to forget about your situation, to forget about all the things that are going wrong in your life and focus on him and him alone. There's a beautiful song that says, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Turn your eyes upon him. Forget about whatever else is happening and look to him. Focus and concentrate on what is happening. You see, Peter took his focus off of the Lord and realized that what he was doing was not possible. What he was doing by human standards was not possible. But you see, by human standards, there's a lot of things that are not possible. But as I said earlier, that with God, all things are possible. You see, by human standards, it's impossible for the whole of creation to be spoken into being. 
By human standards, it's impossible for the Red Sea to be parted for the Israelites to walk through on dry ground. By human standards, it's impossible that the people walking around the walls of Jericho would make the walls fall down. By human standards, it's impossible for a woman with an issue of blood for 12 years to touch the hem of a garment and immediately stop bleeding. By human standards, it's impossible for a man to be dead for four days, but yet live again. By human standards, it's impossible for a little boy to kill a giant with just a slingshot. By human standards, it's impossible for a man to walk on water. By human standards, we say it is impossible, but God says with me, all things are possible. All things are possible. Don't forget that all things are possible. All things are possible with the Lord. You know, we look at Peter, and many people may criticize him and say, you know, Peter didn't have as much faith as he should. Peter didn't have the faith to keep looking at Jesus and keep walking on the water. But we often forget about all the other disciples sitting in the boat. We often forget, what about all the other disciples just sitting in the boat, being comfortable, staying in their comfort zone, and watching what was happening? Can I tell you something? That there are a lot of people who, say, who stay in that boat and who will criticize you for getting out and walking on water. There are a lot of people in this world who will look at what you're doing and say, you can't do that. It's not possible for you to get that job. It's not possible for you to ever do that or accomplish that or earn that or do that. It's just not possible for it to happen. And there are a lot of people who will stay in that boat and who will criticize you. And they are not willing to get out of their comfort zone and walk on water. But I want to encourage you to forget about those people. You see, if Peter had listened to the rest of the disciples in the boat, he would have never gotten out and experienced the incredible miracle of walking on water. Likewise, in your life, don't allow those people who criticize, who are negative, who hold you back, to hold you back from doing that which God has called you to do. Go and do the thing that they say is impossible, but with God, it is possible. Don't allow them to hold you back from walking on the water. They may say that you're not smart enough, that you don't have the money for that, that you'll never be able to accomplish that. Whatever it may be, don't allow them to hold you back. Jesus called him out and was willing to equip him to do the impossible. Some of you need to stop listening to the people around you. Stop listening to what they're telling you to do or not to do and to focus on Jesus. To focus on him and to hear his voice. Many times we care more about what other people think and their opinion than we do about the one person that matters the most, the Lord Almighty. We have an audience of one. 
an audience of one, and that is God. And at the end of the day, it's between us and him. And we need to stop being so focused on what other people think and trying to please other people and trying to make them happy, but to make him happy alone. To know that what we're doing is accomplishing his will in our life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Verse 31 and 32 says, Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. Jesus wants us to have faith that nothing is impossible. And we are to have that faith. Have faith that nothing is impossible. Have faith in God and believe in him. Have faith and trust that what he says he will do, he will do. What is it that you need to be reassured of? What is it that you need to have faith in? Do you need to have faith for that healing that you're asking God for but hasn't come yet? Do you need to have faith that that son or daughter will come back to the Lord that you've been praying for so earnestly and desperately? Do you need to have faith that your prayer will be answered, that you will find the right job or that the Lord will help you financially? Whatever it is, God wants us to have faith. You know that without faith, it is impossible to please God. He requires us to believe. He requires us to come before him and ask but to believe that he is able, to believe that he is not limited, but that his resources are unlimited, to believe that he is able. God requires us to have faith. As they stepped into the boat, the scripture says, the wind died down. The winds died down. You see, God has power and authority over everything. There is nothing that is without his reach and without his permission. And everything is under his control and his ultimate authority and power. Everything on earth, in heaven and under the earth, every single thing. Every single thing. And we are to have faith and to believe and know that there are no limits with God. You see, faith is believing in something that we have not seen. Faith is believing in something that we don't know or we don't understand will happen. It's believing that God will come through even when we don't see any possible way for him. Faith is believing that God will answer our prayer even though we don't know how. That is having faith. On the screen, there is a picture of an African impala. This African animal can jump to a height of over 10 feet and cover a distance of greater than 30 feet. So this small animal can jump very high and very long, okay? Yet, these creatures can be kept in an enclosed part in a zoo with a three-foot wall. The animal will not jump if it cannot see where its feet will fall. The animal will not jump if it cannot see where its feet will fall, where it will land. You see, although this animal has the ability, it has the ability to jump high and far, 
If it cannot see where it's going to land, it won't jump. It won't jump. With just a three-foot wall, it won't jump. Faith is having the ability to jump even when we don't understand, even when we can't see. That is having faith. It's believing that God is there and it's fear that keeps us behind that three-foot wall. Fear is what keeps us behind that three-foot wall when God says, jump. You have the ability in me. You have the potential in me. I will help you. Just trust me. Just trust me even when you can't see. Trust me that you are able to. One night, a house caught fire and a boy was forced to climb to the roof of the house. His father stood at the bottom on the ground level and he stretched out his arms calling to his son, jump son, I'll catch you. He knew that it was the only way that the boy's life would be saved because the entire house had gone up in flames. And as the son stood on the roof of the house, he could hear his father's voice yell, jump son, I'll catch you. Jump, I'll catch you. The flames grew hotter, the fire spread wilder, and all he could see was darkness. The son began to panic and say, Father, I want to jump, but I can't see you. I don't know where you are. His father responded, you can't see me, but I can see you. You can't see me, but I can see you. And that's all that matters, that God can see us. And he says, jump, I'm waiting for you. Have faith that I will catch you. Have faith that you can do what no one else thinks you can. You were created to walk on water. You were created to do these wonderful things, not in your own power, not in your own strength, but through Jesus Christ, we can do all things. Through him, we are able to. God calls us to step out of the boat, so don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to do that. He calls us out upon the waters. Will you answer? You see, when God calls us out and we are obedient, he is able to take us deeper than we could have ever imagined. He's able to take us further. He's able to lead us into unknown territory. And sometimes that can be scary. But he says, have faith and trust me. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that not only are you with us, but we thank you, God, that you call us out of our comfort zone. You call us out of the boat because you have wonderful things in store for us. We thank you, God, that not only do you call us out, but you equipped us to do that which we think is impossible. And we thank you that in you, all things are possible. We thank you, oh God, that in you we are able to do that which we never thought possible, that which we never dreamed of. And we pray, Lord, that you would silence the other voices that come against us, that you would silence the negative thoughts and the criticism from other people, and that you would help us, Lord, to just look to you and to focus on you and what you have called us to do. And so, God, we desire to worship you. We desire to serve you. We desire to do great things for you. And so, Lord, may you help us to have faith, to trust you, 
that when you call us out upon the waters, may we answer, may we respond, and may we come knowing, oh God, that you will lead us, that you will guide us, that you will direct us, that you will equip us, that you will provide for us, that you will do all of those things because we serve a big God and there's nothing that is impossible for you. So Lord, may you move in each heart, may you challenge each one, and may you have your way as we respond obediently. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.